0: Hello and welcome to the CX App Live, an interview-style podcast addressing topics, trends, and tips for creating real-time digital experiences in a customer-first, customer-last world. This show for briefing and meeting professionals brings you authentic and unfiltered conversations with industry experts who know how to elevate customer experience across people, teams, and programs. Let's listen in.
1: Welcome, everyone to our CX App Live podcast series dedicated to today's briefing professionals. I'm Darby Mason Werner, Senior Director, Client and Partner Strategy with the CX App. I'm excited to be interviewing thought leaders across our industry who can share their experiences and ideas to help all of us improve our programs. Today, our discussion focuses on the critical skill of listening. Uh, Listening, what an underrated skill indeed. Given the amount of time we all spend in communication each day, recognizing the most effective listening habits to develop true listening intelligence can make an important difference in our day-to-day business lives and certainly in our briefing experiences. So let's listen to learn about how to be more focused, more present, and more effective with others. So today I am so happy to be joined by Kelly Reeves, Vice President Global Training Services with Mandel Communications. Kelly is responsible for developing Mandel's global team of coaches and trainers, as well as working with clients to certify their own internal trainers. Kelly joined Mandel as a trainer and coach in 2006, though she first started delivering Mandel's training in 2001 while working as National Training Manager for AT&T Wireless. Kelly brings a unique combination of technical sales, sales management, channel management, and training experience to her role. Devoted to her clients, she relentlessly pursues ways to improve upon their success. Kelly has been a member of ABPM for five years and has led insightful sessions that focus on many of the communication skills that are so important for briefing programs to keep in mind as we strive to orchestrate impactful engagements with our customers and internal stakeholders and I've so enjoyed getting to know Kelly over the past few years and admire how she has really elevated the Mandel training program and curriculum and focused on the needs of today's briefing professionals hi Kelly thank you so much for our time together today and I'm so excited to discuss this very important topic with you You know, listening intelligence is even more relevant for what we're all experiencing right now. And given just how focused we are on making our briefing experiences as valuable as they possibly can be in this very interesting time.
0: Thanks so much for having me join you today.
1: Fantastic. I'm excited too. And, you know, as we do in all of our podcasts, I start by asking everyone to please share their journey to the briefing world. And so can you tell us about yours?
0: Sure. My first experience at ABPM was in North Carolina and I believe it was in the fall of 2007. And I led one of the all-day presentation skills workshops super fun, wonderful people as always. Oh yeah. And then fast forward nine years to 2016. I attended the fall workshop series in Seattle. And I have to say, thanks to the CX app, it does make it easy to go back and find all the conferences oh, yeah. that I've attended yep. and which years they happen, because sometimes I forget. Yep. And in anticipation of taking on my current role, I officially became a member of ABPM at at, at that conference. And I vividly remember meeting wonderful people like Keely Lundquist from IBM and of course, Rebecca Butcher, along with Roxanne and Elizabeth.
1: (laughs) Oh yeah. Fantastic. And I, you know, it doesn't seem like it was such a short time ago it feels like I've known you for so much longer, you know, like maybe Pam for like 10 or 12 years,
0: honestly. Well, Mandel's probably been around for 20 or something like well, that. Yeah, I've that's only true. Yeah. True.
1: So fantastic. So thanks so much. And let's jump into this really cool topic. This critical skill of listening, I think is just going to be so great for everybody and what you have to share today is going to be so impactful and useful for all of us. So, so let's jump in. So a first question, you know, we, we all know that listening is, is such a valuable skill and more important than ever, so what makes your approach different
0: to listening? And you're right, listening is nothing new, but probably a very overlooked skill. Yeah, It's critical to what we all do every day, considering 70 to 80% of our workday is engaged in some form of communications, Mm -hmm. and 55% of that time is devoted to listening, or at least it should be. Right. (laughs) <laughs> our different approach is really around the science of listening. And we mean neuroscience. Our approach mm-hmm. is really cutting edge and gives people skills that they can use every day. And once people have learned how to improve their listening, they can adjust their listening immediately and shift it to be effective in the moment. Cause that's really the key is we got to be able to do it in the moment.
1: Absolutely. And I think this is so great that you've touched on the neuroscience piece as well. You know, we, we had done a, an earlier podcast with Dale and all the, the, you know, neuroscience and things that are being studied. So, right, This is so important and it's becoming more elevated for everyone, you know, in our industry. So I, I think it's really amazing to have that piece of the science to really help guide us. So and, and you've used that term, the science of listening. So can you explain more
0: about that for us? Sure. As I said, our approach to listening is really based in science and we've got three key points. Really. I mean, we hear with our ears and we listen with our brains Mm. and no two brains are alike. therefore no one listens the same since people, (laughs) since people listen differently, they hear or pick up different things. And it really is a habit that we have developed over time that has served us well. And the other key point is we make, we talk about 125 to 150 words a minute, but our brains can process well over 500 words. So we're only using about 25% of our mental capacity when we're listening. Wow. So that means we still have 75% of our mind share to do something else with. And our minds tend to wander. It's like we are hardwired to be distracted.
1: (laughs) Quite challenging. Makes so much sense that makes so much sense when you give the the stats like that as to you know what, what we you know all internally are, are dealing with but yeah that makes total sense <laughs> and and so you you talked about listening as a habit then and i understand there's four different types of habits so how about if you walk us through what those are and maybe what the differences are
0: sure Yeah, our research has shown that there are four categories of listening that everyone uses all of the four to some degree and that they use them in a way that's unique to them. Hmm. So the four categories are connective, reflective, analytical, and conceptual listening. Okay. So I will start with the dominant connective listeners. So they focus on what the interaction or the information that they're hearing means for other people. They filter information through the interests of others, other people, other, you know, groups, processes, audience. They're always thinking about the information they're hearing and how it's going to impact other people. Okay. So the dominant reflective listeners focus on what the interaction means for themselves. They filter what is heard through their own interests and purposes. They really reflect on their past experiences. So it's really more Mm. internal than external when you think about connective versus reflective okay and then you've got the dominant analytical listeners who focus on what the internet what the interaction means to an issue or an objective situation they're filtering what is heard through the interest in results and facts always listening for those data points we all have people like that in our lives I'm sure Yeah, right <laughs> okay and then the last one is the dominant conceptual listeners who are always focusing on the big picture and ideas, often those abstract, that abstract thinking. And they filter what is heard through an interest in concepts and possibilities, those what-if scenarios.
1: Okay. those are the four. Yeah. So listening to each of those different four, so my brain is, is going nuts right now about Oh, well, I can put so-and-sos in a category, you know, I can put the (laughs) engineers in a certain category, you know, that, that we have in our briefings. So, you know, how, how then can we take and apply this to our briefing center program and, and how it's going to impact our folks, you know, that we work with all the time?
0: Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And there are a lot of logical buckets where people naturally depending upon their title or their role logically fall into one of those buckets. It's pretty common. Yeah. And it would be great if we could identify the kind of listening habits that our customers have prior to briefings so that we can tailor not only our message, which we should be doing anyway for our customers needs, but also share that information in a way that speaks into their listening habit. Because whether the briefing is face-to-face or virtual, it's really critical to recognize the way that people like to receive information, or in other words, listen to information, because we want to be able to share it in a way that they like to hear it. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, so based on conversations with you know, the account teams, you might be able to find out the kind of listeners that will be attending a briefing. But oftentimes, we can't do that, because sometimes we're meeting them for the very first time, and the account teams may not know. So if you can't find out in advance, you're just going to have to listen in the moment. And you can pick up on cues based on the kinds of phrases people use or the questions they ask or even the body language that we see can give us clues as to what kind of listeners the people that are in our briefing centers might be. So just some quick examples. So imagine that you've got a customer that is a conceptual listener and your discussion leader happens to be very analytical and likes to share facts and figures and data. How would that work for your customer? (laughs) Yeah, this is exactly
1: it. That's where my brain was going. It's like, okay, we've got our engineering folk who are doing our discussion leading, but the person that's in the audience may not be taking it in, in
0: the way that they're hoping. Right. Or on the flip side, you might have a discussion leader that's very conceptual and likes to brainstorm. Right. And then your customer is really analytical, right? Yeah. And so it's, it could definitely be a disconnect.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: we, gosh, we want to avoid that at all costs. So in both cases, you know, the listener may feel like they're not getting what they want. They're not getting the kind of information that they naturally listen for. And as you know, I mean, there are some people that are really good at adjusting in the moment, and some people are just unaware that their message isn't landing. You know, where others are just naturally really good at adjusting their message in the moment, kind of on that subconscious level. And in briefing centers, you know, listening to the customer is critical, as we all know, and can be a huge competitive differentiator.
1: Yeah, well, and, and I think what you pointed out earlier is important because you're talking about how can you have conversations with your account team? right? So is there a way maybe in the pre-brief meeting where, you know, we're trying to get that discovery information while we're doing a preparation of of a briefing anyways? You know, we we know how hard it is to get that kind of discovery info in their initial request. But when you have that pre-brief meeting, or maybe the prep call that you have with sales before you even get to the pre-brief meeting, maybe that's where you can add a piece in about this kind of information. You know, do they have an idea about each of the individual people that are coming and what their listening styles might be, what are they more prone to? But another way to look at it is we've also heard a lot about personas recently, you know, at ABPM conferences and just in general, and how are we trying to identify what the needs are of these folks that are coming in and how can we prepare better for them based on their type of persona? What do they care about? How they, but this is the how are they gonna get the info? That this is right. important like on a tactical level, like how we're we gonna do it. So one of our main goals too as a briefing program manager and when we're developing is to try to align the right kinds of styles for those right. leaders, right? With the folks who are coming in. And and this adds a whole nother layer to that of, of how can you think about it and and then getting that information from sales so you can even be more effective, I think, in the way that we craft our our agendas, our people and aligning for the right kind of communication that happens in those briefings.
0: Absolutely. And if you can't get it ahead of time, then you're going to have to pay attention during that voice of the customer scenario in order Mm -hmm. to be able to actively listen for those things.
1: Yeah, exactly. And I'm also thinking if you've got, hopefully, and especially in the virtual briefing space right now, we've got a lot of briefing program managers who are facilitating and they are in the briefing with you know, what all is going on and each discussion leader that comes in. And, you know, if they're seeing something that's happening or they're picking up on cues and they're able to maybe help and guide some of their discussion leaders in the moment, I know we would do this in person somehow, but if, if you can do it also in the virtual space, you're sending, you know, text message behind the scene or you're skyping or whatever <laughs> it is. Right. Um, Cause we all know we're swimming under the water behind the scenes and you know, what we're trying to get done. Um, maybe helping them in identifying those cues if they are missing it, you know, if they're continuing to on their path and they're just spewing out their facts and their numbers and their flips and their flops and, you know, all of that technical stuff and the audience is not seeming to be engaged. So yeah, it just, it seems like this is just a whole nother way of how we can be prepared and then how we can support those discussion leaders in that moment.
0: Absolutely.
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, so with that and talking about all of those, you know, different types, you know, how do we go and maybe look at it for ourselves? What, what type of listening habit that we might have? Like, you know, I kind of have an idea for myself, but what's your thought on how we can um, think about that for ourselves?
0: Yeah. Well, up until now, there hasn't been a way to understand or even assess how we listen.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And what we've been working on for quite a while is a new assessment that we teach in our newly launched course called the listening edge, because it does give you an edge <laughs> yeah. and we have people take a simple 10 question assessment and with stack ranked answers and it produces a 19 page profile specific to your own oh listening God. preferences. <laughs> yeah, it's quite, it's, it's quite impressive and it includes tips and recommendations on steps that you can t- take to improve your own listening intelligence. Fascinating oh stuff.
1: God. Have you done this? Have
0: you done this for yourself? Yes. Okay, yes, sorry, I have. But
1: I have to ask, like, you know, was, was it helpful for yourself too? Yeah, well,
0: it, it was. It was extremely helpful for myself, and I also had my husband take it, and that was <laughs> eye opening.
1: <laughs> oh, I'll bet. I'll bet it's kind of like love languages, right? You know, what, it what is. Different love languages. It, do you have? So. You
0: know, it is. I do think about the love language scenario, right? You got to be speaking to somebody, else, someone else's love language, in order for them to understand oh. what you're saying. Same thing with listening. You got to speak into their listening habit in order for them to hear it. Absolutely. At least increase the chances of them hearing it.
1: oh man we could go so many places with this right now I I won't go there but yes (laughs) all right well let's get on to a couple other things I really want to make sure we touch on and one is this term that you have that I love that is listening intelligence right so can you describe that one in a little more detail and maybe how can we apply that to breaking programs too
0: Sure. Yeah. I love the, the term too. And once people understand how to apply it, it can be extremely valuable, not only to their organizations, but even to the t- teams that they work on and with. Mm-hmm. And it can even help them, like I said, in their personal lives. Like I said, that was the most valuable thing was having my husband take it. <laughs> right. Exactly. And so, yeah, so our approach to listening intelligence really has three parts. First, it's understanding how you listen, like looking at yourself first Mm -hmm. what you listen to and for, along with what you have a tendency to miss. Mm. And then second, recognizing how others listen to you. So we always say, start with yourself, then start looking at everybody else. And then finally adapting how you speak into the listening habits of the people that you're communicating with. And it's done in that order. And that is really listening intelligence, you, others, and then adapting the way you speak. And it's, as far as applying this to briefing programs, programs, people have to pay close attention to how their customers are communicating. If you listen to how they share information, you will get some insights into how they like to listen to information because typically people share information the way they like to hear it. Well,
1: and that makes total sense. Yeah, it does. And like you Kind of like the love
0: languages thing, Kind of right? like the love language, right? Yeah. Right, we share, yeah, we talk one love language and we expect no, that's, that's how we do it. <laughs> right.
1: Well, and what's interesting in briefings too, you said like the voice of the customer session that we start our agendas with, and you're, you usually are having kind of either the, the leader of the group or the top executive decision maker might be the one that's presenting that, having that insight and being mindful of paying attention to how that information is being shared. And, you know, we would have. The customer talk about kind of their general, their company and, and who they are in general, but then they would talk about their challenges or their current, current projects or their roadmaps. And the way that that information was delivered was so different for each. So some might have a whole lot of facts that they're putting out there, you know, um, how many projects or how many, um, whatever the, the deal may have been. Um, and others would be more kind of abstract and it wouldn't be so data driven. So that's a really good point. I'm just thinking how we can pick up on those cues early on, you know, and 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 the same thing is true if you've got someone that's presenting as a discussion leader on a specific topic, not even the VOC session, but how you see them presenting what their challenges are and things like that. That can right. really be a, a key goal too. E- even if it's possible, you know, a lot of briefing programs probably can't do this. We we prepare for our pre- presentations and what we're going to share with the customer. If you can get those presentations ahead of time or have some insight or preview to them, that could also give some of that uh, guidance as far as the style of the person and what they're, like you said, what they're sharing, how they're sharing it is how they're going to listen. So we can be more prepared in the way that we customize for that briefing. So right. All kinds of things here. This is <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, Okay, so in general, then, you know, what kind of guidance would you have for us in overall in really improving our listening? What are kind of the first steps that we can take?
0: Yeah, I think there's a lot of us who could benefit from being better listeners. (laughs) And there are two easy starting points. And it has to do with what we can do differently to listen and to share information. And the first one is just, we can be more present. Ask yourself at the beginning of a meeting, how present am I? And during the meeting, you can ask yourself, am I learning anything? Because we say, listen to learn. If you aren't learning anything, you might not be listening. Because oftentimes, we go from one meeting to the next so quickly, we don't even have time to finish thinking about the meeting we were just in, let alone what's happening in the meeting that we just went to.
1: Oh my gosh, that is so true. And I'm, I'm just thinking about if you can just take that two minutes or it might be two seconds, right? Just to breathe and just kind of center yourself before you go into that next meeting. Just, just asking how present am I right now? Okay, I have to set aside what I was just doing in that other meeting and whatever topic and whatever customer it might be. Okay, yeah. take that extra and- few seconds to get focused on this one.
0: And sometimes it's better if you even have more than a few seconds. And one of the best practices is to do spa timing, what we refer to, Mm -hmm. you know, whenever you you go to the spa and you've got an hour long massage, let's say Uh it's never an hour. It's usually 50 minutes because they need 10 minutes in between to get, you know, you out of there and somebody else in there same thing. If we can adopt something like that internally for our own meetings, maybe you schedule them for 45 minutes or 50 minutes instead of the hour so that people have that 10 minute mental break in between to adjust from the meeting they were just in and mentally prepare for the meeting that's coming up. 10 minutes can be a total gift to people with as busy as they are today.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Just a chance to reset. And then you're really going to be available for that next person that you're with. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah so, that. so yeah, so really just be more present. And if you can get an extra 10 minutes in between, you know, you're golden, because <laughs> usually yeah. meetings overlap and then you're late to the next one and you have you're still thinking about the last one. And then the other yeah. thing that we can do is when you're sharing information and you feel like it's just falling on deaf ears and you may need to shift the way you're sharing the information. Yeah. Have you ever heard anyone say, I have told them a thousand times <laughs> and they just don't listen. Maybe somebody out there has children. Ever? (laughs) Maybe somebody out there has children and can relate to that. Uh, Yes. So so (laughs) if that's the case, maybe you just need to share the information in a different way. Try speaking into their listening habit. It's not going to guarantee it, but it's definitely going to increase the chances of it being heard.
1: (laughs) No, that's a great point. Yeah, yeah, and just again, being mindful of the fact that recognize that it's not hitting the mark you know recognize you're not getting responses from folks and you know how how do you shift that
0: and right especially when you're like i am so frustrated why aren't they doing this right. maybe we need to look at ourselves to say what can i do differently to get a different outcome instead of just getting frustrated try right. a different approach
1: well and, and even if it's if it's the same folks that you're talking with you know and maybe you've got a regular standing meeting and you you know now be mindful of okay this occurred this week. It happened this way. I was trying to share this and that. Okay, now you've got the opportunity for next week to kind of change it up, like you say, the way it's presented, um, the amount of facts or non-facts. You know, just and I can see this really working internally too, not just in briefings and not just oh, sure, but absolutely on the internal yeah. level and how we're working with our internal stakeholders and doing those prep calls and talking with our sales team and oh man, that could be a huge game changer right there, right?
0: Just Yeah, yeah. listening, yeah, listening is a life skill, right? Whether you're yeah. at home, at work, you know, or with customers, yeah, it definitely applies in, in all categories. Yeah, love that.
1: Oh, so much good stuff here. Um, Okay, so with all of that, what final thoughts might you have that you would like to share with our audience about how we can do that shift in our
0: listening skills? Sure. So yeah, I would say, you know, we spend tons of time preparing our content for high stakes meetings or briefings. And we think about what we're going to say, the slides we're going to use, who's going to be there, the questions we're going to ask. We put a lot of thought and energy behind it. And listening is also something that we can plan for and develop. And we need to spend Mm -hmm. time focusing on how we are going to show up and listen, especially in those high stakes situations. And I would say start today by observing yourself as a listener. That's really the biggest step that anybody can take and you will be intrigued by what you start to learn.
1: Yeah, I love it. That's great. Thank you so much. This has been great Kelly. And you know, I just, I think this topic is so timely for us and what folks are going through right now, certainly with the virtual briefings, but but even beyond that, like you said, this is a life skill. This isn't just about our interaction with our customers. It's, it's all with our team members. It's, it's certainly with our management. It's with our families. It's all across the board. And just making sure that we are improving our overall lives by really bettering our communication through that listening. You know, I, I love the idea. I'm, I'm going to go back and really look at what my listening language is. if we want to call it that. So
0: yeah, your listening habit. Wonderful. Well, thank you, Darby, for inviting me to be a part of your podcast series. I appreciate it so much. Absolutely. It's been great. Thanks. And I'll say thank
1: you to everyone listening today. And you can listen to this and other episodes in our series by visiting www.thecxapp.com slash podcast or through the My ABPM Community app Please subscribe to stay informed about future podcast episodes. And as always, if you have any thoughts or questions about today's podcast, or you have ideas for future briefing industry podcast topics that you wanna see us cover, the best way to reach me is by email at, at thecxapp.com. And so thank you so much.
0: This has been a production of The CX App Live your partner in digital customer experience programs. For more insights, tips, and trends, visit us at thecxapp.com, where the experience is everything.